Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Jeff R. Steele. Dr. Steele is the senior pastor of Redeeming Grace Church of Coleman, Alabama. He's a conference speaker, owner of the Christian music group The Steels, and an award-winning singer and songwriter. Now, here's Dr. Steele. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Jesus. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. They were surprised by this. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. He said, But go your way. This angel tells the disciples, Go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter. Tell them what? Tell them he is risen. He is not here. I've gone before them into Galilee. I'll see them there. But did you see who the angel said for the women to tell? Go tell my disciples and Peter. I said I don't always get to preach what I want to preach. I don't. This word, go tell the other disciples and Peter, I'm risen. I'm not here. That word is not from the angel. That word is from Jesus himself. Jesus said to the angel, go tell them what I said. And what I said was, I'm risen. I'm not here. He said, tell the disciples and Peter. I met with God the day before I came to church, and God told me, tell the congregation and the worst backslider. Tell the congregation and the one with the loneliest broken heart today. Jesus said, tell the congregation, make sure everybody can hear it, but be sure and zero the message in on the one that feels like they have wandered too far away. There was somebody here today that had trouble even getting up and coming to this service because you felt like you had gone too far, done too much, messed up too bad, messed up too long. But you came anyway. I came here today with a message for the congregation, but I came here really with a message for you. The angel said to the women, Jesus said to tell the disciples and Peter. Reckon why he added that part about and Peter. Probably because Jesus knew it before it happened. He had a conversation with Peter. And Jesus said, Peter, you'll remember this now. Jesus said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you. But I prayed for you. I prayed for you, Peter. And Peter then popped off his mouth and he said, oh, Tell you one thing, if all the rest of them leave you, buddy, you can count on me. I'll be here till it's over. 
If all the rest of them check out and go south, I'll still be here. I'll be one of your main most men. If all of them leave, I'll be here with you. But Peter didn't know it. Jesus knew it. Peter was digging his own grave a little deeper than he could get out of. We do that sometimes, don't we? In our own strength, we say, I'll tell you what, that church may go under, but I'll be the last one there. They may run out of money, but it won't be because I didn't give my tithe. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to make sure the church stands forever. Listen, folks, Jesus said the church was built on his back, not yours. He said the gates of hell wouldn't stand against the church on his strength, not yours. You can't do a thing. I can't do a thing. It's all about him, and Peter's fixing to learn that. So Peter goes out, and Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. And the record says, Matthew chapter 26, you can read it. Peter went out and he denied the faith. He denied the church. He denied the Lord. He denied the faith. He denied the church. He denied the Lord. And Jesus now knows having been resurrected. Old Peter doesn't feel very much like a disciple right now. He does not feel like a disciple now. God's got plans for Peter. We got to get this. We got to coach him up somehow. He said, tell the disciples and Peter that I am risen. I'm not in the grave. Reckon why he said, tell Peter. Why and Peter? Why didn't he say, tell the disciples and Andrew? Why didn't he say, tell the disciples and Bartholomew? Why didn't he say, say tell, tell the disciples and and John. Why, why didn't he put one of their names there? Well, in John's case, I'll tell you something. Somebody has said there's enough gospel in the gospel of John to save the whole world. Somebody else has said there's enough gospel in the third chapter of John to save the whole world. Somebody else has said there's enough gospel in John 3.16 to save the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A lot of people say, that's my favorite verse. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Oh, I get all that. But I've got a verse I believe I like at least just as well. Some of y'all just looked at me like I committed sacrilege. Brother Jeff, is there a verse better than John 3.16? To me there is. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he loved me. John 3.16 says, whosoever will can come. Galatians 2.20 says, I personally can come. John chapter 11 and verse 5, Jesus is going through the town of Bethany. He's headed on the way through, and he's going to stop at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' house, one of his favorite stopping places. And the Bible says in John 11 and 5, it says, Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus. Reckon why it didn't say Jesus loved that family. He loved that family. I'll tell you why it doesn't say he loved that family. It specifically says Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus because he loved every one of them with that whosoever kind of love, but he also loved them with that kind of love that loved them individually. Jesus loves everybody 
in this sanctuary today, those on this side of the balcony and this side of the balcony and those on the floor. Jesus loves you with that whosoever love, the same love that sent him to the cross of Calvary. But Jesus Christ loves you personally and individually, and he sees you today, and he knows you today. Why didn't he say, tell my disciples and John? Folks, listen, you know John. He's the one of whom the scripture says on three different occasions, the disciple that Jesus loved. John, the disciple that Jesus loved. But wait a minute. Andrew didn't say that about John. Peter didn't say that about John. Bartholomew didn't say that about John. John said that about himself. John called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. You know what? John figured it out. John figured it out. What did he figure out? Yes. Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I love to baptize these kids. John figured it out. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. John figured it out, didn't he? He said, I'm the disciple Jesus loves. John figured it out. For me, it was in the garden. He prayed, not my will, but thine. He had no tears for his own grief, but sweat drops of blood for mine. John had it figured out. I am so glad that my Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful truths in the Bible I see. This is the greatest that Jesus loves me. How many of you know that chorus? Sing with me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Now you remember it. Let's sing it together. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Sing. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Sing. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Go tell the disciples and Peter. And Peter because right now he's face down in the grass weeping and he doesn't feel very much like a disciple I've got to have him in about 51 days to stand on the square in Pentecost and preach at Pentecost and preach the message that explodes the birth of the church I gotta have him but right now he doesn't feel like he's usable right now he doesn't feel like he's doable right now he doesn't feel like he's pliable to be used I need him go tell the other disciples and and Peter. You know, if you know anything about a shepherd, and I'm privileged to know some real-life shepherds up in Wyoming and Idaho here in the United States, still some of them make their living as shepherds of sheep. Here's what I've learned from my friends that are shepherds. They call shepherds, shepherds call sheep. They call them by their names. They've got a name for every sheep. And the amazing thing is, 
when a shepherd calls a sheep, the shepherd is acknowledged by the sheep that he just called by name. He's actually acknowledged by that sheep. Not only does the shepherd have a name for him, but the sheep knows what his name is. You talk to shepherds, and here's what you find out. They can walk right up to that sheep, and they can say, this is whatever the sheep's name is. And he says, I, I know it's him because he's got a crooked nose, see? He picks up another one, and he says, I know this one because he's got a scar on his back right leg where his leg was broken once. Here's another one. I know him because one time he got caught up in the briars and tore a big hole in the top of his head and he still got a scar there on the top of his head. I had a shepherd telling me that one time and I had to stop him. And I said, what, 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 wait a minute. He said, what's wrong, Rev? I said, you just told me that the shepherd identifies the sheep by his infirmities. The shepherd identifies the sheep not by his wellness, but by his illness. The shepherd identifies the sheep not by his strength, but by his weakness. The scripture says Jesus Christ is the good Shepherd. Now listen, I've got friends that preach this stuff all over America. They're going to be friends of mine until we die, and they're going to be wrong until they die unless they stop preaching it. In America, we're all caught up in this health and wealth and prosperity gospel. We want to get more. We want to have more. We want to claim more. And we want to judge our spirituality by how much more we have than somebody else. Folks, listen, the shepherd doesn't know you by your strength. He knows you by your weakness. The shepherd knows you by your weakness. We don't know much about sheep. We know a lot about dogs. We've had custody of ours for the last couple of days because Kayla and Jason went out of town. They left the dogs with us. Actually, what happened is the dogs had just been groomed and had their shots. They had to be paid for. They conveniently left town and had us go pick up the dogs. More things change, the more they stay the same. But we had the dogs for a couple of days. And oh, they looked pretty. They'd all been groomed and everything. And Sophie and I, the little shizu, we, we got to reminiscing together. Let me tell you about me and Sophie. Sophie, now both Sophie and Odie, as I've told you before, they're saved, sanctified, on their way to heaven. Sophie is the most temperamental dog you've ever met in your life. When she gets groomed and her hair gets cut real close, she knows she looks different. She thinks she looks ugly. She will crawl under the table in the dining room and won't come out. Doesn't want you to see her. Way under ago when she was real little, I'd dig under the table, I'd get her, and I'd sit there on the couch with her. And I'd look at that little dog, and I'd say, you're so pretty. You're the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anybody more pretty than you. You are the prettiest dog in the world. And after a while, 
she'd start to socialize with us a little bit. And then one day, we took her to the vet to get her fixed. I didn't even know what that was about. I knew what the results would be, but I didn't know what it was about. She came home, crawled under the table, wouldn't come out. I said, well, she hadn't had her hair cut lately. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. I brought her into the living room, sat down on the couch, kept looking at her, could not figure out what the problem was. Then I turned over and looked at her stomach. Like I say, I claim ignorance on this. She had a scar from here all the way down to the bottom of her belly. I didn't know that getting a dog fixed, a female dog fixed, I didn't know it was what looked like to me major surgery. Big, long scar. She didn't want anybody to see it. So I turned her over and I just began to rub on that scar. It's okay, baby. You're still the prettiest dog God ever put on this earth. I love you. This scar will go away. It won't be here forever. You're going to be better off because of the scar. And I rub on that belly. Just rub. She just lay there and throw her head back while I rub the scar. Sophie, about eight years old. I said, eight years old now. What is that in dog years? About 103 or something. So it's a bunch of years. She, she's an old lady now. Folks, she sleeps on my shirts. Sleeps on my, well, I mean, when I've taken them off, I throw them in the floor like any good man does. <laughs> she will find my shirt and sleep in my shirt. She'll sleep on my coat. She'll get in the bed. I noticed that the other night, she spent the night with us the night before last. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and my, I just had a terrible cramp in my leg. I said, what in the world is wrong with my leg? Well, then I figured it out. She's laying right up on my leg, so in my subconscious sleep, I can't move. So I haven't moved for hours, and my leg is just aching. And aching. I realize because the dog is laying on my leg. And you'll never convince me any different. I believe the reason she loves me so much today is because I saw her scar. loved her anyway you'll never make me think any different than that I've seen her when she thought she was at her ugliest and I pulled her out from under the table and I told her she was beautiful to me you see in every scrub girl God sees a Cinderella I had an older lady in one of our churches one time told me the story. Dama, you know Julie's problems this last go-round started with breast cancer. So much talk about breast cancer awareness now, and we all ought to be aware, and we all ought to do what we can to stop it. This lady told me her husband had long since passed. She said, I'm going to tell you the day I love my husband the most. I said, tell me. She's probably 75 years old. 
Now, I should not have done that. I shouldn't have told you she was old and then told you exactly how old she was. I'll never get out of that hole. She said, Brother Jeff, she said, I had to have my right breast surgically removed due to cancer. She said, I loved my husband the most when he came in after the cancer. And there I was. In my mind, not the woman that I used to be. And my husband leaned over my bed and kissed me. And she said, Brother Jeff, then he kissed my scar. Go tell the disciples. And Peter, the one with the deepest scar, the one in the deepest hole, the one who in his own mind fell the furthest, the fastest. Oh, go tell the other ones, I'm risen, I'm not here, but don't miss Peter. Make sure he knows. Make sure he knows. Because he's hurting the words. Now there's some of you that came to this place today and you're hurting the worst. You've fallen the furthest and in your mind the fastest. Nobody in here is perfect. The scripture says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. But listen, would you come today and let God just rub on your belly today and say to you it's all right because I'm risen <laughs> I'm not here would you come today and let the Lord Jesus Christ look at your ugliest scar and kiss it today the shepherd knows you by your infirmities that's why Paul said one day I have a thorn in my flesh. It's causing me great pain. I can't do anything about it. Would you take it away? And Jesus said, take it away. Man, that's how I know you so well. Your infirmities are what keep you coming to my house to visit with me all the time. People come to me all the time. Listen, some of you have done it. You come and you say, preacher, would you just pray for me in this situation, this circumstance? I mean, would you just pray for me? Are you sure that's what you want? Are you really sure that's what you want? Because I'm liable to pray for you. And I'm liable to say, oh, dear Lord, since this tragedy, since this terrible situation came up in their life, I haven't seen them in church as much as when this situation has come up. So God, would you just pour it on and make it even worse so they'll keep coming more regular? You want me to pray and say, Lord, they'll fight somebody to get to the offering plate now since this situation's come up. Lord, would you just keep it on them as long as they'll just keep giving and keep coming and stay faithful? You really want me to pray for you? The shepherd knows you by your infirmities. Go tell the disciples and Peter. Usually I give you my outline as we go along. I give you my outline right now. Here it is. He loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. 
Up there, up there, down here, Jesus Christ loves you. Number two, he knows you by your infirmities. Number three, he seeks after you when you stray. He comes looking for you. Number four, he wants you. I mean, he wants you. You that has failed, you that has stumbled, you that have fallen, you that have wandered to the backwoods of a backslidden condition, he wants you. And he will leave the 99 to come find you. He loves you. Though I forget him and wander away, Still he doth love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms do I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. Sing that chorus with me. I am so glad. Would you stand that Jesus loves me? Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me, Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loved me. Sing, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Sing, Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. If you'd like to contact Dr. Steele, you can go to his website at jeffrsteele.com. If you'd be interested in Dr. Steele coming to speak or having the Steeles minister at your next event, there's a booking inquiry form there. You may also call the office at 256-590-2068.